It's um, a great pleasure to have with us two members of the Rotary Club of Coromel. Coromel's on the south coast of New South Wales, just a little bit north of Wollongong. Um, what particularly attracted me to this club was reading about their Coromel Rotary Environmental Group. And there's a lot more to it than those four words, which we're going to find out this morning. Guests are Jerry Wood and Dillis Hoser. Uh, ladies, good day and welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Thank look, you lovely to have us. you with us. The Coromel Rotary Environmental Group. Um, how did that all begin and, and when did it begin, please? It began in about 2019 when our past president, Kay Merrillies, um, was inspired by um, a plastic-free oceans uh, that was being run by Rob Edwards, who is also a member of our club. And um, she asked members of the club to come along and uh, on the 7th, 7th of July 2019, we had our first clean-up at Coromel Beach. Okay, so these clean-ups I know are a regular feature of what your group does. How often do you do these cleanups and how many people do you get involved? Okay, we we do weekly on a Thursday and on the first and third Saturday of each month. Um, the numbers vary. Um, we have a core group of eight to ten and on Saturdays we might get more or less. Um, and sometimes we get people from outside the club coming. Informally introducing people to our club through an area of service. Okay, and, so this is yeah. Dillis Hoser speaking. Dillis, yes, you're bringing new members into the club through the clean up campaign, yes? Yes, we well, we hope to. We, we have several uh, international students. As you know, Wollongong is a hub of international student uh, study and yep. uh, we've had quite a, a flow of students from a conversation group which our club supports at the university. It's a conversation club to allow international students to practice their English and have some social life. Um, members of, of that support group are also members of our CREG, our environmental group. And they have brought students to us who have thoroughly enjoyed themselves and um, have come back again and again. So that's been great. Yeah. Are, are the cleanups conducted along the, the beach or um, in inland waterways? What are the locations that you clean up? There's, they're on the beaches and on the, on the waterways. So we, um, our most southerly cleanups would be around the northern shoreline of Lake Illawarra. Uh, so Berkeley Harbour, Cully Bay, uh, Primby and places like that. Um, then we have others at um, Puppies Estate in North Wollongong. We do Cabbage Tree Creek. We've done a number of areas along the, the creek. We do uh, Coromel Beach. Balambi Surf Club area, uh, Wanuna IGA, so that's a business area, but that's it has a little a big, creek. It's a, big, it's a big area that you're covering. 
It's not just. It's an enormous area. It's an enormous area. Not just the stretch of sand at Coromel Beach. It's um, no. By the time you get to the sand, it's a bit late. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. course. So if you can unclog the creeks, that that makes a difference. Is there any pattern at all, um, Jerry, in in the type of rubbish that you're collecting, or is it just a complete mixture of household waste and? car parts and plastic? Um, all of the above. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're never surprised by what we actually pick up sometimes. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, supermarket trolleys make their ways into yes. creek. Yes. And uh, that can be a big issue, um, blocking creeks and causing further issues. Yeah, anything, really. Anything. A lot, so a lot of... Um, bottles, yes. plastic bottles... Glass bottles, cans, uh, plastic straws, cigarette butts, lounges, bicycles, shopping trolleys, car <laughs> wheels, car tyres, everything. Mm. How often would you go back to the same location? So, some would be once every six months. Others are bi-monthly. Uh, so because we just the, can't get back to them more regularly than that and what we have been finding is that some of the places we have been cleaning up don't need them monthly so we can stretch those out to two months so um yeah and if we catch the stuff in the in the creeks then it doesn't get down to the entrance i mean it's interesting that many listeners would be aware of clean up australia day which is an annual day where the community is asked to focus on doing what, you, what you're what you doing. But, and I think a lot of people would assume that if they do it once a year, that's going to solve the problem. But clearly, no, no. your no, environmental really... group, you're finding out you have to go back and back and back mm-hmm. on a much more frequent basis to make a, a lasting impact. So congratulations. Unfortunately, yeah. We, we would like to change Australia so that this wasn't a necessary thing to do but um yeah if you have any secrets to tell us about how to do that we would happily <laughs> i think act it, on them. i think it needs more people like you jerry and Dillis, to to um uh, wave the flag for um litter litter reduction um so let's move on to the propagation workshops which you have initiated tell us something about them how do they work what do they do um, and also the impact on wildlife of the propagation workshops. So the, the propagation workshop started last year, last December, our first one in what was my backyard. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, I had made contact with the chairperson of Illawarra um, Landcare, Emma Rooksby, who is a terrific expert on local native plants and uh, incredibly passionate, enthusiastic person. And she agreed to come and show us how to move the small native plants that she was growing in trays just into the next stage. So it's very much a mechanical exercise of moving those plants up to their next stage of being. Then she would take them back let them grow a little bit longer and then distribute them to the appropriate land care groups to be put in the ground. So that that was that one. We did hundreds that day um, and labelled them. 
Labelling is a tedious process, as you might understand, using paddle pop sticks and, yeah. and textures. Yeah, so that was the first one. We did another one similar to that in our member Jean Thompson's backyard, and that was a great success. We had more people, and everybody enjoys it. It's kind of a relaxed uh, thing to do. You sit around, talk as much as you like, and um, get on with the job. The third one was a little bit different. We've just finished that last week. And last week, we also included an activity which Emma called seed bombs. Seed bombs. And you, yeah, you simply roll kaolin and um, soil the seeds okay. of various natives that we extracted from their, from example, from the Banksia seed and uh, rolled them into a ball, flattened it, put a, a little kind of dam in the, in the middle of that little ball, and then Emma took those and they will be distributed locally in the um, bush care groups around Wollongong to be uh -huh. just thrown out. A little bit like a, uh, an animal has a poo which contains a seed and that is dropped somewhere and, and grows, yeah. So you literally take the bomb, um, shape of a large orange or something, and you bit just smaller, yeah. bit smaller, and you just drop it in, into the bush somewhere, and yes. the, the seeds will eventually germinate and uh, yes. take root in, in that location. That's cool. right. Yes. Seed bombing mm -hmm. is that the word? Seed bombing. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so the whole idea, uh, listeners, is to try and. Um, arouse awareness, firstly, of the need to propagate native plants and shrubs and trees, and secondly, to do something about it. And that's what these workshops that we've been hearing about from Jerry Wood are designed to do. So, and I guess this is a process that can continue in perpetuity. There's no, there's no you, you'll never reach the end with this. No, no, we won't. Um, until the Illawarra is restored to its uh, former natural state, uh, which unfortunately can take many years. You know, we can't see the product of what we do um, for quite a while, mm -hmm. but yeah, we're inspired when we go back and see some of the plantings we've done, how they've grown and matured and, and they're full of birds and a little bit of a few lizards, etc. Yeah, that's inspiring. That must be very gratifying. So listeners, hearing about the work of Coromel Rotary Club, um, their environmental uh, group, focusing on cleaning up the area, propagating native seeds and plants. So this is uh, Rotary Matters, your weekly program. My name is Ian Stewart, your host, and you're on Triple H 100.1 FM. So it's really good to be with you again on this uh, lovely mm, early summer, late spring day. Now, the idea of our program is to put the spotlight onto some of the many worthy causes, the projects and the people who make up Rotary. Now, as you probably understand from that interview we just had, a concern for the environment is a major area of concern for Rotary, not only locally but around the world as well. It takes many forms and today we're exploring an environmental initiative undertaken by the Rotary Club at Coromel. Coromel is on the south coast of New South Wales, just north of Wollongong. Uh, they established CREG, C-R-E-G, which is the Coromel Rotary Environmental Group, 
And as you can probably understand, they've been very, very busy uh, looking at a range of problems like cleaning up the waterways, propagating plants, planting trees. And as we'll hear in the second part of the show, um, the story about the monitoring program of microplastics, uh, which they do, and establishing a community. Now, uh, if you'd listened earlier, you'd have heard the interview with um, uh, Dillis Hoser and Jerry Wood from the Rotary Club of Coromel discussing the work of their environmental group. Uh, we're now going to talk a little bit about their tree planting and how they are monitoring the incidence of deadly microplastics in the soil. So listeners, hearing about the work of Coromel Rotary Club, um, their environmental uh, group, focusing on cleaning up the area, propagating native seeds and plants, but you also do some tree planting of, of, of trees that are ready to go straight into the ground. Yes, we've done a variety of that. So we've worked with local council through bush care. Uh, Dillis and I belong to a little group that works at Judy Masters Oval, which is in Balgani. Uh, I also go to various groups when I can to learn and to help. So the uh, Green Connect Farm has its own land care group, which works on the creek there, restoring that creek. And it was in a very sad state, starting to look better with more light coming into the creek and more species other than the horrible lantana mm -hmm. starting to uh, emerge. Yeah, so um, we also have been involved with Rotary's program, which is Adopt a Tree. Between us and, 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 and lots of other members of our club, um, we've planted hundreds of trees yeah. in various locations, yeah, on farms. What a, what a, what a great um, gesture. Does the um, council show you any support or gratitude for this work that many people would think the council ought to be doing this? but it's being done by volunteers like yourselves. Do they have a, a involvement in any way? Um, our natural areas, uh, members of, uh, of the workforce for council are wonderfully supportive. Um, they come sometimes with contractors to do some of the heavy work. Right. They bring the plants, the suitable plants for us to plant. They oversee the National Tree Day here, so we part of their effort on that day. Um, they even provide us with afternoon tea and, and workshops sometimes, which are very enjoyable and allow us to meet people from other uh, areas of Wollongong who are not Rotarians, but inspired to do the similar work. Yeah, so that's, that's great. They provide us an avenue into the community too, yeah. The microplastics, tell us what they are, what needs to be done about them and what your, your Rotary Club um, is focusing on in regard to microplastics? Microplastics, there's uh, really are broken down macroplastics. So a macroplastic is greater than five mils. A microplastic is between one mil and five mils. And a nanoplastic is less than one mil in measurement. Um, now, all plastic breaks down, but it doesn't disappear. It stays in the environment. So the problem is that 
You know, you see plastic bags stuck in a riverbank and you know it's going to break down into millions of pieces of uh, microplastics. So the idea is to catch those plastic bags before they start breaking down. Um, I attended a microplastics workshop where we, it was run by a, an organisation called OzMap, Australian Microplastic Assessment Project. And uh, we were taught how to sample soil, um, sand, and so you get a, a quadrant, which is a half square metre, and you take the top two centimetres of soil, you sift the soil, um, you separate, you then put the, the remaining particles into a tub of water and pick out the things that look like plastics and uh, identify them as best you can, put them in a, a sample tube, log them on a piece of paper and send your reports to OSMAP. The idea of this is to so that OSMAP can uh, accumulate data um, to make informed decisions about what's happening with plastic in the environment. I believe that they um, advise government, various levels of government about um, the incidence the, uh, of microplastics in the water because that's where they end up and they tr they try to influence uh, these levels of government into taking action, mitigation works. Um, they try to divert, change council's policies where possible because the microplastics get into the water, into the sea and the animals thinking it's a small piece of food actually eat the microplastics. And then, of course, we get fish and we eat the fish and we are consuming microplastics. Adela, we whereabouts do you take the original half square metre sample of soil from? Is it likely uh, to be an area that is heavily polluted anyway, or is it a completely random um, process? Uh, okay, we can actually choose where we go and do a sample. So, uh, I somebody was going to try and do uh, sampling at Puckers Estate. I haven't actually been and done one yet. I am required to do four in a year. You can do it anywhere. Uh, and you don't just do one, you do a, you put down a tape and do four or five along a 60 meter stretch of sand or soil or riverbank. Can I um, just go back for a moment to, uh, you mentioned the name of the organisation. Was it OSMAP? Yes, A-U-S-M-A-P. Um, yes. So I'm just thinking of listeners to this programme who might want to pursue this same concern. If they were to contact OSMAP, um, yes. be able to understand the process and the, the collection and sorting and analysis and yes. advocacy that may arise. From, yes. from this program. 
Exactly right. Um, so I am now an ambassador for OSMAP and I can instruct, you know, take a group of people and do some sampling uh, and send the results off to OSMAP. Um, one of the things that came up was that children's playgrounds and uh, artificial sports grounds are made of rubber crumb yeah. and plastic grass. When they get wet, the rubber crumb seeps out of the sports field and heads where the water goes and into the waterways. So that is a big problem. Mm -hmm. is, there, is, there an, is there an option, can I ask you, Dennis, is there an option for the playground owner or the sports ground? And is there an alternative to the soft fall plastic that we're familiar with that, that is environmentally <laughs> safe, uh, that won't uh, uh, degrade in the way that you described? Natural grass. Natural grass. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, I don't know whether there's any other options. Obviously, um, maybe there's maybe there's um, improved methods of keeping natural grass um, mm. now that we didn't have. But um, no, I, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Ian, yeah. this this data collection that Dillis has been talking about is part of a, a wider movement of citizen science, which you're probably aware of, which many Rotarians could be be part of without leaving their own backyards. And it's this collection of data about what kind of bird species you see. Or in our case, uh, we sat on a riverbank, very pleasant afternoon and watched out for platypus to see if there are any platypus in the local creek. Right. All, all of this data where you we didn't see one, we did see a turtle, but um, all of this data is very important to uh, scientists in their quest to know where the trouble spots are, what, which areas need re-inhabiting with species, where species are being lost, you know, all, all of that Rotarians can do with very little effort uh, and, and, and a bit of fun. Yeah. Look, I hope you've enjoyed that uh, in interview with um, Dillis Hoser and Jerry Wood from Coromel. Uh, we really only were able to scratch the surface in that conversation, so I'm planning to talk with them again uh, next week and uh, we'll go into a bit more detail about the Community Garden, the Greenfest Sustainability Expo, the Green Connect Farm, the way that international students and Rotaract members at the University of Wollongong get involved, um, the Imagination Library in Illawarra, WIRES, the wildlife um, rescue people, they're connected to them, and any other environmental interests represented by members of her group, of their group. So I do hope you'll stay tuned and listen to that episode, which will probably go to air in two weeks' time. Just a reminder, you're on uh, Triple H 100.1 FM 